Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I have spoken concerning Vladimir Putin's Russian totalitarian regime previously, (laughs) in the past few years past several years, and I have described what is going on with dear old Vladimir. Interestingly enough, days after the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing, China, concluded, Vladimir Putin ordered an all-out, full-blitz invasion of Ukraine. Now, he prefaced it by claiming that Ukraine was the aggressor, claiming that Ukraine was a threat to Russia, to Russia's defense, to Russia's safety, to Russia's independence, to Russia's everything. This is nothing more than (laughs) what took place leading into World War II. There isn't a dime's worth of difference. Interestingly enough, if you look at the news coverage, you find a refrain just being repeated and repeated. What does Vladimir Putin want? Why? have Russian troops invaded. Repeated endlessly. Why? Why? And meanwhile, of course, the fantastic free world leaders, so-called free world, so-called leaders, wring their hands and, uh, oh dear, what? Well, we of course, we can't respond, you know, militarily, but... What should we do? Well, well, let's have peace talks. And, of course, Vladimir has been throwing around this matter of having talks and what have you. Fascinatingly enough, he may manage not only to get his cake and eat it, too. Namely, I could see Vladimir coming out of this winning a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, it, It could happen. He, of course, has been named Man of the Year in the past as so many other terrible, despotic, vicious, ruthless, lying tyrants have. And what this reminds me of, in part, is a former United States president, one whom a famous news anchor referred to, and I am paraphrasing, I suppose, but of him not having a creative bone in his body, or some words to that effect, of this president, Democrat president of years ago. But Vladimir Putin is the same way. He's not trying to reinvent the wheel. No, he is imitating, directly imitating Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler taking Rhineland without any response from the 
Allied powers. And then taking Sudetenland. Czechoslovakia. And then, of course, Czechoslovakia. And then Austria. And so forth. But he always prefaced what he did by claiming that there was a peaceful motive, peaceful motivation. It was in the interest of the defense of Germany. Germany was supposedly, Nazi Germany was supposedly being threatened and being harmed by these various lands which Adolf Hitler felt the need to invade. With regard to Sudetenland, of course, the battle cry was that German peoples within Sudetenland were being oppressed and were being attacked and were being murdered and terrorism against them and so forth. Exactly the same thing, exactly the same thing that Vladimir Putin has claimed with regard to Ukraine. This idea that these great world leaders in the West (laughs) managed to espouse that surely there is some reasonable, rational, moral reason for these attacks is beyond absurd and bizarre and grossly incompetent is just does not touch it criminally <laughs> irresponsible does vladimir want to increase wealth for himself and his gang his regime in russia yes Does he want to rob Ukraine of what riches it has? Yes. But those are secondary or tertiary reasons for this. At the core, at the heart, this invasion has taken place when it has taken place. Unlike the invasion of Crimea. Unlike the annexation, the violent annexation of Crimea in Ukraine. This full-scale invasion has taken place now at the end of February 2022 for various strategic and tactical reasons. It has taken place during the winter because... Vladimir and his generals and what have you feel they have a competitive advantage versus Europe in the winter. But it has taken place when it has because Russia is ready to roll. Adolf Hitler invaded, took back, you could say, Rhineland when he did. Because he was prepared for his next many steps beyond that. He did not 
engage in that action, that aggressive, dangerous action prematurely. Adolf Hitler invaded Sudetenland, Czechoslovakia, when he did, because he was ready to back it up by going to war with multiple nations. The reason for this timing is not because Vladimir Putin has had a change of mind, because he has had a new idea, because he woke up on the wrong side of the bed, because his astrological forecasters told him such and such. No. Whatever you might imagine, this is not just about a pipeline. Not just about economic competition for free Russia, (laughs) free totalitarian Russia. No, it's not just to stop competition. It's not just for economic reasons. Those are just gravy, if you will, or frosting on the cake, if you prefer. But those are not the core reasons. Those are not at the heart of it. If Vladimir Putin had felt sufficiently strong relative to, vis-a-vis, the free nations a decade ago, this would have happened then. At the heart, what this is about is that Vladimir Putin believes his forces are sufficiently strong to succeed not just in taking Ukraine, but a great deal more than Ukraine, and that the European powers and I use the term loosely, the European powers, the British, and the Americans will not militarily respond. Why would he think such a thing as that, do you imagine? (laughs) Why? Well, look about the globe, if you prefer, around the world, everywhere you want to look. Or confine your view to the so-called free nations, the Western nations, former Christendom plus U.S., what have you, and see if you can find a leader who, in spite of his flaws, imperfections, is outstanding, courageous, a man of moral fiber. There isn't one. There are all kinds of gutless wonders, extremely immoral individuals. The President of the United States is more occupied with pushing the sodomite agenda than he is with even making the feeblest attempt to do anything about this. Vladimir Putin knows 
that Neville Chamberlain looks like a tower of power compared to most of these leaders. He knows they will not risk war with Putin. It's as simple as that. He's doing it because he can. He knows that he can. The only thing that can stop him is Ukraine. Ukraine's defenses, which are, of course, a fraction those of the Russian offense. He is not concerned about NATO. He is not concerned about nuclear-armed Britain, nuclear-armed France, and non-nuclear-armed Germany and Italy, and Poland, and what have you. Not concerned about them. He's not concerned about all of them put together. And he's not concerned about nuclear-armed United States of America. And yet, meanwhile, he's willing to, you know, just throw it out there that he, you know, if need be, he will consider the nuclear option. Why does he say that? Really? It's because of the effect it has on NATO, Britain, France, U.S., to scare them off in case there's any chance they would consider doing, trying to do anything. Vladimir Putin is having his military engage in this horrendous, immoral, murderous onslaught of Ukraine because he knows that he can. He knows it will be unopposed by the free world, so-called. He also believes that his military Army, Air Force, Navy, the works, his special forces, all the rest, and of course, nuclear, but that they are at a point at which they can win whatever battles he cares to throw them into. Now, that's not to say that he's right. That's not to say he's correct about that. But he does believe it. Are there any other possible reasons, you know, apart from these so-called reasons, you know, economics? Oh, it's to stop the pipeline. It's to stop competition and so forth. Those things, those are just ancillary points. Those are secondary, tertiary, beneficial, but they are not at the root. But there is something else, and that is Vladimir Putin is older. He's older. 
And he wants empire. And he's not satisfied with Russia. So there's this fear of missing out that's going on, if you will. He wants what he wants while he can get it. It's been a tightrope act up to this point. The matter of having to wait until his forces are strong enough and the opposition is weak enough in the free world devoid of moral courage and debased and corrupt and unable to see beyond their noses and without an out not just disrespect disregard but abhorrence of God and Christ and his word. Oh, I know their speeches, you know, God bless America and so forth. But if you look at what these people are doing, what they have been doing, what they are doing, they are, they are waging their war against God. So Vladimir Putin waging war against Ukraine, not a big deal. Not a high priority. Certainly not worth risking nuclear conflagration, right? But Vladimir Putin is aging. Some would say he's aging very well. He's aging very gracefully. Well, why not? You know, he has all the best treatments regimens and everything that the highest and mightiest Hollywood star could have. So perhaps, perhaps Putin is feeling fit as a fiddle, as they say. Maybe he's feeling hearty, strong, and is of the opinion that he will be that way for the, the future. Well into the future, maybe, but I don't buy that. I don't believe that personally. Despite his extreme vanity, arrogance, narcissism, I do believe that he recognizes that his time is limited. And that if he is going to act, if he is going to accomplish the fulfillment of his lusts for world power, that he needs to do so without more delay. Now, when I say world power, I'm not talking about Vladimir Putin imagining that he is going to be the world ruler. He may. I'm not saying he doesn't. 
but I'm not saying he does either. There is competition. It's not Ukraine. It's not Europe to the West. It's not Great Britain. It's not the U.S. It is communist China. That is the competition. But Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation regime has a working relationship with communist China. Jinping, you know, (laughs) emperor for life, you know. Well, Vladimir Putin, he has been, you could say, more diplomatic. You know, he's been, that may not seem like the right word given what's going on in Ukraine with a convoy 17 miles long charging for Kiev. And yet, not that that they haven't been striking, murdering people, civilians, children in Kiev over the past few days. Not that they haven't been striking buildings, having airstrikes and what have you, but now in addition to their armed forces (laughs) and all that is up so close and personal to Kiev, they are adding to that, this massive, massive convoy, 17 miles long, it is reported to be. But Vladimir Putin... He has been diplomatic. How so? What do you mean? Well, he didn't get man of the year by being undiplomatic. He is being comparatively diplomatic. Instead of declaring himself dictator for life years and years and years and years ago, he has done this do-si-do about president, and then re-election, and then switching over to prime minister, putting his puppet in as president, and then switching back. Now, you might not view that as diplomacy, but the point is, that has been a very delicate way to do things. All the while, he has been ordering assassinations of people whom he especially hates, despises, or fears, or all of the above. Journalists, former KGB, and what have you. Oligarchs. But... Vladimir Putin has this working relationship with communist China. They are not going to war with one another in the sense of going to war at each other. No. (laughs) They are allies. They are allied 
You may think of them like the Axis powers, if you will, if you prefer. Like Germany and Japan. Except, here, we have an interesting combination of communist and totalitarian fascist. They are not incompatible at the core. I know people think, no, wait a minute. Communists and fascists have always been enemies, absolute mortal enemies. Look at what took place in Germany before the Nazis won out. Look at what took place in Italy before the fascists won out. I mean, obviously, they are absolute, most extreme adversaries. No, not necessarily. Fascism and Communism are both socialism. They are just different sides of the socialist coin, if you will. They're about the same things. There are some differences, but they are negligible. These are violent, terrible, murderous, hateful enemies of God. That is at the foundation of socialism, whether it happens to be fascism or communism. That is at the absolute bedrock of socialism, is war against God and God's people. Before I continue, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And after all is said and done, then we will know But perhaps, perchance, we should know and should have known for lo these many years. Whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks only to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. So back to these penetrating, brilliant, insightful questions from the major media elites. Why? Have Russian troops attacked? Why? What does Vladimir Putin want? Very deep stuff. (laughs) Very, very deep. Vladimir Putin wants a significantly increased, enlarged, enhanced, enriched regime for himself as Adolf Hitler did in Nazi Germany. Vladimir Putin is willing to share 
In case you think it's one of those things, you know, whatever I know I learned when I was in kindergarten and I learned to share and so forth. In case you're thinking Vladimir Putin, he just, he has some personality problem. He just, he can't play nice. He can't share with others. Au contraire. He is only too willing to share with communist China. He's willing to share the world with communist China. How generous can you get? He doesn't have to have it all himself. No. He's a reasonable man. He's willing to settle for a portion, a huge portion of the world. Of course, he already has a huge portion of the world, but that's beside the point. That's not good enough. He wants more. He lusts for more. He is a greedy, bloodlusting destroyer. He lies and lies and lies and lies. A bald-faced liar. The things he said about Ukraine get just absolutely laughable if they weren't so terrible and intended to justify such evil. But again, no originality here. He has taken this from the Adolf Hitler playbook. This is Sudetenland 2.0. This is Czechoslovakia 2.0. This is Poland 2.0. You remember about Poland? Hitler launched this massive blitzkrieg invasion of Poland. And he claimed... It was defending Germany from Poland. This is the same. This is just exactly the same. Winston Churchill left a lot to be desired. He was a very imperfect man. He was wrong time and again about some very important things. But he was right about Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany. And he was feared. I guarantee you there is no leader in the world that is feared. By Vladimir Putin. I mean, the closest you can come to any leader that Vladimir Putin fears is within his own nation. But the Western leaders, are you kidding? The leaders of Germany? France, Britain, and United States of America, and forget about the rest. But these leaders, 
Do you really imagine there's any of them that he fears? I'm sure there are people out there saying, well, if Donald Trump was president, he would fear him. Would he really? (laughs) No. But that's not to say that he doesn't have even lower regard for those currently at the White House. (laughs) I assure you he does. No, Vladimir Putin fears none of these. He recognizes their corruption and depravity. Is this a case of it takes one to know one? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But, He recognizes their moral weakness. He recognizes their cowardice. He has no fear of these leaders. Now, would he have fear of communist China? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Not of the West. No fear. Is it because he's a courageous man? No. No. But he recognizes how decadent and corrupt and depraved and cowardly and blind and ignorant and self-serving the leaders, the leadership of the West are. The timing of these things pertains to something else, too. And that has to do with the unspoken force. That of the Lord God Almighty. God Almighty... He knows the end from the beginning. There is none of this that is taking him by surprise, to put it mildly. But unless Vladimir Putin, unless he is, and some think he is, and I think they are extremely wrong, but unless he is the one referred to as the beast, unless that is him, he is going to come out hurting on this. Not because of Britain and USA and nuclear-powered, nuclear-armed France. No. All of those three nuclear powers, no. But rather, because there are others who are off stage and who are due to be elevated, promoted in the near future. And unless Vladimir Putin 
is one of them. He's in trouble. And I don't see any way, shape, or form that he is. This is a transitory, temporary phenomenon, if you will. But interestingly enough, that beast who will be preceded by ten kings who are off stage right now, that beast who shall, in fact, succeed in establishing a worldwide regime, the first and last evil worldwide regime, the beast who serves Satan directly, that regime is going to be very short-lived too. But Vladimir Putin is on a roll here. What do you think? Do you think he's going to draw back? Do you think he's going to call a ceasefire? Do you think he's going to say, well, that's enough. I just wanted to prove to everybody how mighty and powerful I am and that (laughs) they need to have higher regard for me and a few other things and listen to me and pay attention to me. No! Unless Vladimir Putin has completely lost it, he is going to keep right on going. What other nations does he have in his sights besides, in addition to Ukraine? Ukraine is numero uno. Number one. The same way that it was for Joseph Stalin. And of course, Adolf Hitler ravaged it as well. But, What other nations are in dire straits, are in grave peril along with Ukraine, after Ukraine? Georgia, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Moldova. And after them, it depends. It depends on which way Putin rolls. He could continue on. To Romania, Hungary, Bulgaria, Czech Republic, and Slovakia, and so forth. He could. But he very well may not. He very well may instead strike Poland and into Germany. And as I've said before, if he does that, His forces strike into, roll into, invade these nations. Then what do the wise and wonderful and courageous and outstanding Western leaders do? Do they launch nuclear weapons? at Russia in the hopes that that will (laughs) stop Putin? Do they really? Obviously, they cannot use nuclear weapons in Germany and Poland and France and what have you. 
So the truth is that Putin, by attacking these nations, he can essentially take the nuclear weapons out of the hands of the nuclear armed powers, USA, Britain, and France. And make it a conventional war and take them on one at a time. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Maybe he (laughs) doesn't think that that is a winning strategy. But he certainly is in a position to do that. If you imagine that at his age, he's going to be satisfied just with Ukraine. You know, after all these lies about it, after dealing with this invasion of Ukraine, this long-awaited invasion of Ukraine, the way that he has in direct imitation of Adolf Hitler into Sudetenland, If you think he's going to be satisfied. After all, well, Sudetenland, that's like Crimea. And now the rest of Czechoslovakia, that's like Ukraine proper, Kiev and all the rest of Ukraine. Who knows? Maybe Putin, maybe that's all he wants. But if you will recall, that is not where Hitler stopped. He did not stop with the occupation of Czechoslovakia. He was just getting started. Just getting started. And, interestingly enough, it was in Europe, you know, where this is taking place. But, then there's the matter of communist China, Vladimir Putin's partner in crime. They have been waiting, patiently waiting, building up their power, their forces. Stealing all of the most state-of-the-art weapon systems of the United States of America using their satellite slave state, North Korea, along with mainland communist China, to build up great power, not only militarily, but with regard to technology, technological power, computer hacking, which Putin's Hackers have employed devastatingly on Ukraine, but they also tried it out. Oh, I know it was accidental. They tried it out on all of Europe previously. But communist China Goodness, I mean, they just had the Winter Olympic Games. Why would they risk 
losing international prestige and love and respect and all of that. Why would they? After all, why would Vladimir Putin do that? You know, after Sochi, why? Why do you just throw away all of that capital that you've built up? But communist China is intent on many things. (laughs) Intent on taking Taiwan. And there are only two times of the year that it is conducive to do that. And one of them is approaching. One of them is nearing. (laughs) Is very near. But who knows? Maybe they will wait until October. You know, just wait because after all, They've just had this wonderful Olympic Games. So maybe they will wait. But, of course, preceding Taiwan, Hong Kong. Which, Great Britain. You know, Great Britain, that place that used to have some greatness to it. Great Britain chose to cede independent Hong Kong to communist China. Such a wonderful thing to do. But then there are other objectives. All of Asia. All of Asia. Now, I know communist China supposedly is so anti-Muslim. The truth is it is anti-Christian. And one of its allies, one of its satellites, is Pakistan. Islamist Pakistan. I know, I know Islam and communism, they don't go together. They are diametrically opposed to one another. Except, of course, if you go back to World War II, Adolf Hitler was in cahoots with Islam. Very close. So too here. And communist China can use Pakistan to attack India. Preemptively. That term preemptively, it can be used with regard to righteous use against evil power. But more often than not, it pertains to sucker punch, ambush, like what Vladimir Putin is doing in Ukraine. He is just a bloody destroyer. But, by all means, oh, all this talk about, uh, you know, peace talks. Oh, oh, the president of the United States, he is, you know, trying to uh, push for this, for peace talks. Yes, yes, he's promoting that, yes. 
brilliant, outstanding, exciting, exciting news. As far as what can stop dear old Vladimir Putin, well, you tell me. If Vladimir Putin dies, that's not going to stop his lieutenants, if you will, from continuing what they undoubtedly view as a very positive development. The Russian troops, the Russian special forces, sabotage forces, reconnaissance forces that are in Kiev and that are murdering civilians, including children. They don't have any compunction about this, to put it mildly. They're operating as assassins in the Ukrainian capital. But again, Vladimir Putin knows that the West is incapable of responding because of lack of will. Because of lack of moral will. Because the Western leaders fear him and he does not fear them. Again, with regard to communist China, whether they are going to sit on their laurels and, you know, shine their... (laughs) Uh, their trophies, I don't know whether they're going to do that for a bit. But their objectives are aggressive ones, violent ones, that include seizing all of Asia. South Korea, Japan, Okinawa, Guam, the Philippines, Taiwan. And the list goes on, and it goes right on down to Australia, New Zealand. But I happen to believe that all of these great Intentions are going to fall short. That they're going to come up short. But my reason for believing that is biblical. And it is that, again, These are not the ones that will be the ruling powers. There are others. Others who are near to making their arrival. And those others, interestingly enough, will enjoy the use of the nuclear 
armed powers. And they will have a great time with it. And again, they will establish a worldwide regime under Satan. Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation, Communist China, they do not seem to have a role in that, except to prepare the landscape for the arrival of these others. We will see. But I believe all of this is just preparatory, violently, horribly, shamefully preparatory. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.